Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It is Friday, September 29th, 2023. This is another edition of Football Today. That is Bobby Skinner. You know him from the Talking Giants world. I am Chris Rose. Producer Mikey along for the ride as well as we get y'all set for what has happened so far in week four and what will happen in week four. And you as a Giants fan, you have to wait like 98 days between games, don't you? You you had a Thursday nighter and now you got a Monday nighter, right? Yeah, they've done that to us a few times over the years, too, which is very weird. I remember they did that to us in 2020 and I believe 2021 as well. Um, But I'm just glad. I think this is one of the best Sunday slates uh, of the season. So I'm just glad I can just watch it and enjoy. Okay. Uh, we will get to that momentarily, but let's start with how they kicked off week four Thursday night up at Lambeau. And speaking of kick, that's exactly what the Lions did to the Packers, particularly in the first half. They hang on and win 34-20 is your final. So Detroit now with a pair of impressive primetime wins. They are 3-1 and one overall with a rather weak NFC North, Bobby. Can Detroit stack wins kind of like Philadelphia did last year and perhaps even get the top seed in the conference? Now, their division, they've essentially already won it with the Vikings. Even if the, the Vikings were to win one or two games against them, they've started 0-3. Uh, now, I don't think they can win the conference. I think from the 49ers, 3-0, Eagles, 3-0, Cowboys, um, 2-1. You know, they could be ab- above the Cowboys. But they've clearly wrapped up that division. Um, not wrapped it up, right? That's a little early. But they look they look like clearly the class of the division, and it's not close. Uh, not only have they wrapped it up, it, it's they're already uh, printing playoff tickets for people in Detroit for a home game. So that people are very excited about that come January. I actually, part of the reason I wrote the question is because I honestly believe it. And I said the same thing about Philadelphia a year ago. And then I didn't realize how deep the division ended up being, right? I think Dallas was a really good squad and the Giants had a fantastic year. And so I don't see anybody in the rest of this division close enough to Detroit or even as a top six or seven team in the NFC, even if they step on the accelerator, man. Yeah. I think the Vikings can still put up points right offensively. And they've done that. Yeah. Um, so they have won the division though. The Vikings aren't being in the division, but I'm saying like, just win some division. The Vikings can win some divisional games against them. Um, so they're what they are. The lions are three and one now. They mm-hmm. lost to the Seahawks, who again are mm-hmm. in the same same conference. Uh, but that was an overtime game, could have went either way. Beat the Chiefs without Kelsey. So they, I mean, they are, but they look really good, man. Ben Johnson, their offensive coordinator, who declined to go do head coach interviews, which is right. like you, you just don't really see that. Um, I really like him, man, because he's not like he's not doing the craziest stuff in the world, but he's doing simple stuff and taking advantage of the team. Like that Amon Ross St. Brown touchdown on the hitch and go. Odell actually did that on Monday Night Football versus the Bengals way back in the day. I saw people comparing it. Like, just good on knowing, hey, the Packers play off. They want to get aggressive out of it and then doing that. And then there was actually a play that I love that they didn't end up scoring on. It was that third and goal early in the game when they, the Packers took the penalty and put it on the nine-yard line. They get in five wide. 
and Goff doesn't throw, but Reynolds is wide open for a touchdown. And they like just they know that Amon Ross St. Brown is going to get the attention, so they switch their release and he gets doubled and he's he's open and they just don't throw it. So I just think they do a lot of good things. And Sam Laporta, by the way, too, I think is he's a beast. He's a real value add. I mean, I think he was leading the NFL in tight end yards coming into this game. Uh, he had another what, like fifty something, and he had a drop too, which would have put him at like seventy. Um, yeah, I think Ben Ben Johnson has has been getting the best out of golf in that crew, and he knows how to play to his personnel, and that's what I like the most in coaches like who know how they don't just have their scheme; they know how to play to their personnel. Yeah, we'll just wait until they unwrap uh, Gibbs too, because it just feels like they're slow playing him, and at some point they're going to say, "All right, go get him, kid." That's why we were all high fiving and <laughs> jumping around and all sorts of stuff. Uh, on draft day. Speaking of which, go back to their drafts in 2021, 22, and 23, and look at the way this team has been built, right? Amon Ra in 21. Panay Sewell was their first pick. Ali McNeil is a starter. Barnes, and they got Jacobs, who had two interceptions last night as an undrafted guy. A year later, Hutch was obviously the guy that they got because the Jags didn't want him for some ridiculous reason. They got Kirby Joseph, Houston, they're both banged up right now. So those are guys that that were contributors last year on defense. I know it was a porous defense, but still, they kind of flashed at times. And then this past year, you're talking about Gibbs, Jack Campbell, Laporta, and Brian Branch in the first two yeah, rounds. Hopefully Brian Branch is healthy. I, him falling to the second round was insane to me. Yeah, It was like, once again, the NFL overthinking it. Was like Safety is the ultimate. Like Your play speed is so much more important than your time speed because it's mm-hmm. a, it's a reactive position. And you have to know like know what's coming. And he Brian Branch was one of he was the smartest defensive player in college last year with what he was able to do. Um now they what they did, but the Lions still have these weird picks, right? Like they traded up for Jamison Williams, who mm-hmm. not only is suspended, like they don't like him there, right? And you know, they're gonna put on face, but they behind the scenes don't love him. They had was Swift, I don't know if was this organization right was was Swift before them? I think this was his fourth year, so I I would say no. okay, I so think no, but but again, and then Jameer Gibbs, where it's like you traded up to twelve for this guy, and you're not playing him, and he's producing when he's on the field, but right. so it's like it's not even it's not a shot at Jameer Gibbs, but it's like if I just feel like you, there could have been better resources for that pick number twelve for them, um, but but he's so much more explosive than David Montgomery. I get it; he had 141 total yards. You say time. they might they're going to eventually use him. The I Lions so. have shown that they might, like, I don't think it's a guarantee that they do either, right? Like, well, they're already out on Jameson Williams, no matter what people Lions fans tell you. Behind the scenes, they aren't happy with him. Like, I, if, I don't know if, I'm not predicting it, but I'm not, it's not, to me, it's not a guarantee that by the end of the year, Gibbs is taking the majority of the snaps. In fact, I would think Montgomery probably does. Okay, well, you can have a, Great. If you want to have a guy that's uh, three quarters of a step slower than the dude that you were so excited to draft, you know. I agree. They should. I want to see him play a little more too. But I, I think they're clearly the the NFC North number one. Yeah. Um, and I think capable of doing some damage in the playoffs too. Like I don't think this is just a we're happy to be here team. I think this is a team that can do damage in the playoffs. Uh, I, I will leave you with this to get us back to the original question: Is can they stack enough wins? I looked at their schedule. There's only going to be two games where they are heavy favorites the rest of the way, in my opinion, depending how things shake out with injuries. That's week seven at Baltimore, and I wouldn't even call them a heavy favorite there, but they're they're, uh, underdog. I'm sorry, underdog. 
uh, week 17 at Dallas. The rest of the schedule, they are such winnable games here. It wouldn't surprise me if this team ends up at 13 and four, something like that. Yeah. And again, I, I'm not even worried about their record. I think in the playoffs, they can, I think they can hang with anybody. I yeah. really do. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying they're the favorites, but I'll, is there any team in the NFC where it's like you just can't, they can't hang with them? Because even the 49ers, as good as talents as they are, I think, I think this coaching staff can, yes. like, they have the offensive line to hang with those That's cats, the right? Thing. That's um, the thing. And that wins in the playoffs. And having a desire to run the ball wins in the playoffs as much as people don't want to admit it. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this Detroit team. Yep. All right. Let's move on. Um, Biggest game of the weekend. You got the Bills who stifled Washington's offense last week, but now I think they're stepping it up a level. I could be wrong here as they take on the Miami Dolphins, who just dropped 70 and like 8 million yards on the Denver Broncos. Uh, is there any way that Buffalo's D, which has been really good so far, can actually slow down a M- Miami enough to win this thing? It's going to be fascinating. This is the game of the week. You have the number one offense versus the number two defense in the NFL. Um, and these games have been tight. Like last year, they played three times. They were uh, the Bills won by three twice and then lost by two in that first game of the, uh, that week three game. So a three point maximum difference. And that included a game with Skylar Thompson completing 40% of the passes in the playoffs. Um, now you add Vic Fangio, which the Bills have done uh, well against Vic Fangio. I think the Bills defense, if any defense besides Cleveland can really mess with them. It's the Bills because they play smart. They play discipline. And they're they've got linebackers who are good in coverage, right? Like that middle of the field, 10 to 20 range, they've only allowed 52 yards this year. Only 52 yards in that range. Tua, that's where he does most of his damage. He has 274 yards, 27%, and just clearly where Tua is the best. So you've got Milano, who isn't going to let smoke and mirrors get to him. And then you got this uh second year player, Ter- uh Terrell Terrell Bernard. I think I pronounced that mm-hmm. correctly. Yeah, Their 2022 the third-round uh, pick replace yeah, Edmonds. Defensive player of the week this past week. Yeah, yeah. It's seven sacks uh, or seven tackles, two sacks, and a pick last week. Um, so like they're gonna be ready to defend that. And I know the Bills defense, they're gonna throw a lot of different looks at Miami. And I think that's the way to compete with this Miami. Is just you can never let them know what you're running. And also you can't overreact to all the smoke and mirrors. And I know the Bills defense has enough vets to not let that totally annihilate them like it did Denver. But I still think the Dolphins are going to be able to put up like 28 to 31 points and win this game probably. It's a lot. It's a lot because the Bills are giving up less than 12 points per game so far, second best in the league. This is a big game for Tua. I really think it is. He has not played particularly well in head-to-head matchups against Josh Allen. In fact, Allen has pretty much dominated. Um, and I know that they don't go against one another, and Mike McDaniels in that offense seems to be on a totally different level. But head-to-head, Allen is 4-1 and one against Tua. Tua's got four touchdowns, four picks. He has been hit senseless at times. Allen, in the meantime, 13 touchdowns, only two interceptions, and we know that he's a turnover machine. So uh, this is going to be big. Buffalo's going to have to get some turnovers. They're going to have to get some short fields, maybe get – Miami a little bit out of what they want to do, right? Listen, Miami can play fast. They can grind the ball. They ran for 350 yards last week, for God's sakes. So if they have to grind it out, I think they can. But, man, if you if you force some turnovers, and no team has been better this year at forcing turnovers than Buffalo. They've got a league-high nine so far. I think that's probably the formula. I know it's weird to say oh, they have to force turnovers because everybody wants that. 
the great equalizer, man. And you got to take advantage of it too. The Dolphins are what Mike make Mike McDaniel so great is whatever your weakness is, they're just going to they're going to attack it and they're going to attack it nine different ways and not make it obvious. But with this Bills defense, they don't really have any like I guess they're they're outside corner. You know they got Tre'Davious White. I, I don't know what their like weakness is. And hey, they're the number two defense in the NFL. Um, so I still I just think that early in the season too like i think if this game is week 14 whenever it's in the end of the season i think it is a little more of a different story because there's just so much more tape out on you and you're playing a team a second time but i think mike mcdaniel's gonna have enough i think the dolphins win this game probably only by three points and mm-hmm. there and with the on the flip side allen's got to be patient right you're playing this vic fangio defense they're not going to let you create the explosive plays and allen has been uh they've been running the ball a lot more in buffalo this year so you kind of got to like just play patient. Don't don't have those back-breaking turns. Like he did versus the Jets. You can't do what he did versus the Jets. Um, just be patient. Get Dalton Kincaid. Give, give, give Dalton Kincaid eight catches for, you know, 78 yards. Use him as the mm. new Cole Beasley. Spread them out. Just jab him to death. All right, let's move on. Um, Dak in the red zone. Cowboys D overall. One, both, or neither bounce back against the New England Patriots come Sunday? I think both, right? Um, I don't – the red – like they they were – the Cowboys are sixth worth in red zone this year, and maybe this is the difference between Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they were also missing Zach Martin. They were – you know, they won those other games easily. I mean, last year they were, uh, they were the number one red zone offense in the NFL uh, with be- probably a little better personnel. And even like even though they're not great in the red zone this year, they're sixth highest in scoring drive rate. They're six and po- or second highest in scoring drive rate, and then six in points per drive. Um, and here's the other thing: the Pat- Patriots' offense is so bad, and it frustrates me. Right? They're only averaging 16 points per game, and I think that defense is really good, man. Where they could just if they just had an average offense, I think they would be competing to make to be a playoff team. And I just think that offense holds them back so much. So for Dak, it's just watch out for Kyle Duggar. They're going to throw a bunch of diff- different looks at you and confuse you. Um, but I think even if the Cowboys offense doesn't have a great game, this is a win for the Cowboys. Okay, so I am worried about the Cowboys red zone offense. And this week, Mike McCarthy got a little squirrely. You know, let's remember, he's the play caller for the first time in five years um, since he got jettisoned out of Green Bay. And he made the point, well, listen, last year we might have been number one in red zone. The year before that we might have been number one in red zone. But last year through three weeks, we only made, what, six trips to the red zone. And this year we've made 15. And Okay. But the point is score touchdowns when you're in there. And something is holding them back. I mean, C.D. Lamb said, listen, man, just throw me the freaking football. I will get us into the end zone. Do you know how many touchdowns Dallas wide receivers have this year, Bobby? Uh, I think they have six total touchdowns and 15 red zone trips. So I'm going to say two. Dallas Cowboys wide receivers have yet to catch a touchdown. They're the only team in the league that way. I don't know what's going on here. And um, that ain't the case with Kellen Moore's team. Now, I get it that they're only one and two out there in Chargerville, but that's the offense is good, though. That's because they're a mess on the defensive side of the football with a lot of talent. Uh, Sidebar, Your Honor. But uh, with Dallas, I don't know, man. I, it, people say, "Well, get creative down there. Let's go get creative." I don't. 
I don't know. Is this on McCarthy? I, I got to watch them a little more because that Giants game was so dominant. Now, they had some really bad moments in that Cardinals game, but even but the interception at the end was like it was third and goal with, you know, uh, two minutes two minutes left down, what, 12 or something like that? Right. Here's a stat, and I was shocked. Dak is 11 for 27 on throws over 10 yards. And that's not just like he's taking a bunch of deep shots and those aren't high-efficiency throws. He's 50% on 20-plus yards. So he's less than 50 on that 11 to 20 range, which I think is really important and speaks to the health of an offense. So, but they still are like to Mike McCarthy's credit, they still are scoring. Like they have the most six, like I said, six most points per drive, second highest, you know, scoring on just a drive rate. But like you said, they're not punching it in. Um, But I'm, I'm not over, I'm not reacting too much to these first three games. The Cardinals game to me is kind of just a blip. I think there's more issues defensively in that Cardinals game than offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, they, I mean, they just smoked the Giants and the and the Jets, right? So even if they have red zone struggles, I'm not reading into that too much. So defensively last week against the Cardinals, uh, Dallas gave up 182 rushing yards, I believe, in the first half. That's ridiculous. That is a ridiculous number for them. Um. I think they'll tighten that up. Now, Mac Jones has actually thrown the third most pass attempts this year, I believe. Um, he's only been sacked six times, so that's good news. But now you're going against the Dallas defensive front that can they can breathe fire on you. Um, so I think Dallas's defense does rebound against New England. I don't think Dak and that red zone offense, this is the week that they find their rhythm at all because what has Bill Belichick always been great at? I mean, he will tighten the screws. When you get inside the 20, you're just not going to make it easy for you. You're not going to have some sort of mental lapse that allows a guy to break free down there. You're going to have to grind out for every single yard. So I think I think Dallas is going to have to settle for a lot of field goals if they do get in the red zone again. Yeah, I could see this being like a 23-16 game. Yeah, something like um, that. What was I going to say? Uh, yeah, I mean, you got to watch out for Kyle. Like Kyle Duggar, I love him on the Patriots because they he's like a Bill Belichick dream over there. Totally. Um, and again, the Pats' offense is just frustratingly bad. Like he, I think, like you mentioned, he throws the third most attempts. I think he has the most deep attempts in the NFL. And he's only completed like three of them. Um, so their offense has not. Bill O'Brien hasn't turned that offense around um, quite yet. Oh, oh, what that's was what I was going to say with the car, with the Cowboys' run defense. So they've been putting Micah Parsons in the A-gap, which is hell for interior offensive linemen and pass right. blocking. Right, because of his athleticism. But, but you already have a defensive interior defensive line that you can lean on and run a little bit, right? Um, and then you put Parsons, who's like like he's if you get if you just get hands on him in there, like you should win that battle. And I think teams are going to lean on that a little bit. And that's gonna be the test for the Cowboys is when you play San Fran and Philly, like they might just lean on you all game, and that's what I think keeps those other those two teams ahead of them in the conference. All right, let's move on. Uh, more interesting watch this weekend. Lamar and the Ravens' new-look offense against the number one D in the NFL, the Cleveland Browns, or to see which dumpster fire will actually get a win as Denver is in Chicago. Well, it's got to be this Ravens' new-look offense that isn't looking that much uh, new, looking that all that new, um, because this is – I want to ask you because you, you're getting you're I think you're you're calling the game this week, right? Yes, I will be there. 
the Browns all like Mike McDonald and that Ravens defense is humming along, right? So I don't see the Browns having a great offensive game. But if there's any team these first four weeks that can put up some points on them, it's the Ravens. But at the same time, Lamar's been a disaster under pressure this year. Um, but they haven't been under pressure much. Like I think this could be like a 13 to 9 game. Like, because I I just can't trust the Browns offense to put up enough points against the Ravens defense. I think that's fair. There's a few things to watch here. Um, as of the taping of this show, we don't know about Deshaun Watson's practice availability on Friday, but he really did not throw on Wednesday and Thursday. He was nursing a, l- a bit of a shoulder. Browns say he's going to be out there, but, you know, you miss a couple practice days. That's something to at least note there. Um, the Browns never move the ball great against the Ravens defense, and the Ravens are getting back Marcus Williams. I don't know how. I mean, Virkin had a pec injury in week one. Like a pec injury, that sounds horrible. Usually that's a thing that knocks you out at least half a season, if not longer. And he's missed a couple of games, and he's back. That is a huge, huge addition. I don't know if Marlon Humphrey's going to be back quite yet. He was out on the practice field a bit, but we'll see if that foot uh, that was surgically repaired back in August is ready to go. As far as Lamar, I don't know how much you've watched them, but when did they become the dink and dunk team? Like, I thought with this four number one picks at wide receiver and with Zay Flowers here now and with Mark Andrews working the middle of the field and Todd Munkin's offense, they were supposed to be zinging it all over the place. Every time I see a guy catching it, it's for four yards. Yeah, I, I don't know exactly how what to put on on that but i i don't know i don't i i, I don't know why they've been to put like, odell's been banged up and he's not the same dude he once was right. and i think they see zay flowers and yeah zay flowers can be a deep threat but i view him, i think they view him as like hey this guy's gonna get open quick when at the release and gonna keep us efficient they've been running the ball halfway decent and i mean mark andrews isn't catching like 40 yard passes so i think they're kind of coming to grips with their personnel and trying to get something that's maybe a little more sustainable throughout the season. Because yeah, the Ravens a, have also started hot, creating explosive plays, and then as the year kind of goes along, they're not doing the same thing. But I will say this. Lamar Jackson has had his most productive games against the Cleveland Browns in his career. He's 6-3 and three there as a starter. He has left a couple of games a little banged up. So we'll see how that goes. And the Browns have never been able to exert this type of pressure on him Right. If you get it right in his face before he can get out and start making plays like nobody else can at his position, it's going to be okay for the Browns. I think there's going to be a defensive touchdown in this game, and whoever gets that is going to win the game. Yeah. Um, The Browns' defense has only given up one touchdown. Their offense has given up two this year. Zero red zone touchdowns for the Browns' defense. Um, But here's the thing is the Browns, they played a pretty simple defense in Tennessee last week where the Ravens are going to throw a lot at you and they're going to kind of, they're going to try and bait you into thinking your bread and butter's there. And it's not going to be there. Uh, like they had a beautiful interception versus Joe Burrow in the red zone a couple of weeks ago. Right. With, G- yeah. with Geno Stone. Like, and then like last week, uh, Kyle Hamilton had three uh, untouched sacks, just kind of knew how they ran their protection, where they put the running back. And he comes from the backside. And so if Watson, who holds on to the ball quite a bit, they're going to try and find some, issues that they can take advantage of and i don't think they're going to let amari cooper beat them which is i feel like the entire browns uh offense is throw the ball to amari cooper especially with nick chubb out um 
and Roquan's a beast. Clowney's actually been playing really good for them too. Really well. Um, so I think this is two really good defenses. And if you ask me which offense I would pick, I'd pick the Ravens. So I think the Ravens slightly pull this out. But I'm rooting for the Browns because I'm so not just because of you, but I'm like so in love with this defense. I want this defense to be an all timer. I want them to be able to win games uh without their offense happening and the score sixteen points. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see how it goes there. It's gonna be a fun one. Oh, by the way, as far as that uh, Broncos-Bears matchup goes real quickly, Chicago's lost 13 in a row, which is the longest streak in franchise history. They are staring at an 0-4 start for the first time since 2000. Finally, and I know I, I wrote this one specifically for you because I know how much you love questions about this. What will be louder Sunday night in New Jersey when the Chiefs come to town? The cheers for Taylor Swift or the boos raining down on Zach Wilson? The now, booze admit, for Zach Wilson. This is a fun question. You like this one? Yeah, because I I have been pay, I pay attention to New York media and stuff. The heat on the Jets is getting hot, and you know why I think it is. It's even more so than just a, a team that's struggling and the quarterback and had expectations. It's because Salah gave them that red meat last year, and he threw Zach Wilson under the bus. And I thought Salah handled that horribly. Mm-hmm. And you have a team that is young and a little immature, not afraid to take little jabs on social media or like this or make this comment. Um, and Jets fans are mad because Robert Salah is doing what he should have done last year and not thrown Zach Wilson under the bus and kind of protected him. Which, this is my question. I said in the offseason, Rose, why, why did they keep Zach Wilson? Because they don't believe in him at all. What they showed last year, they don't believe in him at all. To give him no patience, you draft him second overall, you bench him for Mike White, and then when Mike White got injured, you bench him for Chris Strebler and, and at the end of a winnable game. They hate him. So this was the only scenario in which he would end up playing, and it's not going well. And of course it's not going well. They hate him, and they don't have any faith in him, and I don't blame them. Why did they not this offseason get a backup QB that they would have a little more trust in? I, I all offseason I was like, isn't this weird that they still have Zach Wilson on the roster as the backup? Like I, I don't get why they did that. Because they, I think they were trying to save face. I mean, it is the regime that drafted him after all, right? And we have seen plenty of executives and teams say, hey, you know what? We we can make this work. We are willing to make it work. And what better way than to have Zach Wilson? learn an entire season from a future Hall of Famer and one of the greatest ever. So that's how they were playing it out in their head. And whether Aaron Rodgers was ready to give up the reins next year or more likely two years from now, Zach Wilson will have learned enough. Yeah, I know. But they will have learned. He will have learned enough. Maybe we're going to roll the dice on him. Probably wasn't going to happen. And if that's the case, then this was a terribly, terribly miscalculated guess that this franchise made. Yeah, I don't, I, I just all off season, like not even just like you need to have a better back with like, this has got to be very weird. Like move oh, on. Yeah. You've already moved on, move on. And like, even if like, Hey, Aaron Rodgers, you know, grooms him for two years. Okay. Then his contracts up. What are you going to do then? Are you going to go into the next, are you going to go off the Aaron Rodgers retirement, which hopefully would have led to some wins. And now oh, we're back on Zach Wilson again. We're going to give him right. a, you know, a three-year, $20 million contract or whatever. Like, what What was the plan right. to have Zach Wilson game? on this roster? Because they have no trust in him, and I don't blame him, but but you're the ones who kept him. Uh, by also, the way, Joe well, Namath is, take, is, is throwing oh, yeah, heat. But... The media is going at it. I, I, I've ne- So what Jets media is doing 
is way harder than what I've ever seen any Giants like. For, even that includes Dave Gelman, Joe Judge, Pat Shermer, uh, Ben McAdoo. The heat that's being thrown at them, it's 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 a pressure cooker in there every single day. Yeah, I mean, now there are the reports that the defense has totally lost confidence in Zach Wilson, and you can forget about it now. They, how do do you they ever have it? Like, we had this conversation not. two weeks ago when it's like, oh, we support Zach, and I was like, we'll see week five. And here we are. Yep. They can't stand him. And the and Jets fans, rightfully so, I mean, they hate Zach Wilson with a passion, which is why from the outside looking in, it was like, why why are you guys pretending that you're behind this guy? Because you're going to flip in one week, and that's exactly what happened. Well, I mean, wait until Patrick Mahomes throws his 200th career touchdown in the first quarter on Sunday night football on NBC for the whole world to see. And then before you know it, it's 13-3. to and people are like, well, Zach, go get him. Is there any chance of this Jets defense holding them to like 20 points? Yeah, but, so that just means they lose, what, 20 to 3? I know, I know. The Chiefs defense is really untrained. <laughs> I mean, this is this is going to be ugly. It's going to be worth watching Sunday night just to see the shit show that it's about to turn in. Too. Oh, so we'll see. And it, I, like you, this question is legitimate. I think the boos are going to be massive. And if you don't think TV, Sunday night TV... It's going to be highlighting that like mm-hmm. this this has potential to be like zach wilson seeing ghost types of disaster or <laughs> or, or sam donald seeing go, uh, ghost type of disaster no i think you're right i think you got it right your little freudian slip i think might be right yeah. uh it's going to be a fun weekend of football we are going to be back at it on monday when your team is back in action what who do you guys play the seahawks Seahawks, win or die win or die for the season wow win or die i can't wait we'll, we got we'll... the dolphins and the bills the next two weeks and can't, yeah. Don't want to be one and five. I want no, to be. I want not. to be two and. I want to be two and four, not one and five. Whatever. Well, we, it be. we will be back in a few days to break down the Sunday that was around the NFL and what, and the Monday that could be for my man and the G men, for our very special producer, Mikey. Good job, Mikey and Bobby Skinner from Talking Giants. I am Chris Rose. We will see you Monday on Football Today.